Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning. My name is Andrea Simintov, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on Israel News Talk Radio. Um, wow. We're, are we halfway through January yet? Not quite. Not quite. Today's show is all about, if you'll forgive me for using the word, wholesomeness. Wholesomeness. There is such a sense of, here comes the Yiddish boys and girls, schmutz out there. You know, many of us are locked in our homes and we're letting the internet raise our children. We're letting TikTok raise our children. We're letting discussions of filthy politics and Hollywood and discord reign supreme at our holy dinner tables. And again, I ask everybody, what has happened to wholesomeness when daddies and mommies or parents or grandparents or mishpacha, the ganze mishpacha, the family chosen or related to by blood, spoke about things that were wholesome and good and nurturing and soul celebrating. That's what today is all about. We're going to talk about, we're going to connect it to again, as we always do, our Torah Parsha, our portion of the Torah, and find out what does human autonomy, human initiative, what role does it play? Does it still play a part? Can each one of us be the one to throw down the gauntlet and say, I declare my world clean, holy, and moral? So many things to think about. We're listening in from all over. And again, before we go to our first break, jot down my address, Andrea at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Anything excite you? Anything make you question uh, my motivation? Anything you want to share? Drop me that note. Um, Yeah. So again, most important, we are not the darkness we've endured. Let's celebrate a narrative of light. My name is Andrea Simintov. Guess what? I'll see you on the other side. Israel is located in one of the most volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Uh, I don't know what I advertise the show as, but really, I 
I just feel awash this morning with a sense of perhaps it's the new Gregorian year. Maybe it's because there are buds on the trees. I can't really identify it, but I don't think it matters. It's a sense of cleanliness, a sense of wanting to feel cleaner. There's so much talk of disease. And, and today, one of the stories I came across, I came across a really a very terrible story about pollution, the crazy, the burning of garbage, the burning of smelt, the burning of scrap metals in the Arab sections of Israel that, of course, abut um, Jewish towns and cities. But the fact that children, children across the board are coming down with all kinds of terrible, terrible diseases as many people scratch out their livings, kind of recycling, and recycling is supposed to be a holy word, as they're recycling these scrap metals, a terrible story. And I mean, the, the, the incidence of leukemia and other kinds of aberrant cancers that truly are new to the modern world, they're so prevalent. And I thought, my gosh, it feels today that we just need a little dose of cleansing. We'll talk more about that after. But before we go on, I want to say good morning, good night. Wow, wow, wow. People listening in, people with us together, hands across the world, listening in from the U.S. Hey, Kathy. Um, Israel, of course. My beloved Israel is listening in. Norway is with us. Canada. Oh, I just think how cold and pristine and beautiful. Japan is with us this morning and Kenya. And as more people tune in, I will let you know. All right. Um, today, as I said, as we're starting, I wanted to open up and just say, last night I was invited to a birthday party. I don't leave the house. I don't leave the house quadruply masked, uh, you know, vitamin C, medicated. Plus, I have the excuse of a husband who's still kind of cooperating from hip replacement. Oh, my gosh. The land of the geezers. Anyway, um, but I was invited to a Zoom birthday party, a friend who just turned 70. And my gosh, I remember us all in our 20s. And it was very beautiful. And you see when you're on these Zoom meetings, you see the little uh, um, match, you know, the matchbook faces of everybody who's on it. And there were faces that I hadn't seen in the longest time. But that wasn't the best part. This friend who was celebrating his 70th birthday has lived, the only thing I can say is that it's a life well lived and so moral, such loving children, such deep connections. Does it mean that his life was crisis-free, stress-free, sadness-free, disease-free? None of the above. I suppose the question I ask all the time, whether I'm in the supermarket or the synagogue, whether I'm reading this week's Torah portion, or I'm reading an article about recycling and disease among children, the question always hovers, where is God? If we're not asking that question, then we're missing really not just the greatest point, the only point. 
And as I'm at this birthday party, I'm just thinking about there was no sexual innuendo in any of the jokes and any of the questions. We had submitted questions. How well do you know him? There was nothing smarmy. It was all, we learned things. It was all so wholesome, so fresh, so cleansing. And I purport that we are so awash in the schmutz of the world today, we don't even see it. We're immune. We're immune to the filth because gossip has taken the place of headlines. Came across a discussion about this week's Torah portion. And of course, we always discuss Torah at the end, but I think it's extremely um, pointed to what I'm discussing right now. You know, the nation of Israel, we're told, left Egypt um, with one-fifth of their original population. I've discussed this before. I've said that um, any Jew who today is living and breathing has to understand that they come from, they're not just the Jewish people back from Avraham. They're the Jewish people who were selected after it was culled to burst forth from the shackles of Egypt. To sit and ignore this birthright, to sit and dismiss this birthright, to take this birthright and relegate it to a world of bagels and locks without exploring why was I chosen, is to indeed squander not a metaphysical, but a spiritual arrow to one's heart, no, one's soul. Anyway, all of us are part of that one-fifth of the original population. Only, it's said, I'm not sure that this is accurate, but it has been said that only the righteous merited leaving. And still, according to the Chafetz Chaim, God distanced the survivors from the defilement of the land of the Plishtim and took them on a circuitous route protecting them from the temptations that were inherent in the outside world. A lot of jokes. I don't know. I get the memes. If only Moses had had a GPS, if only Moses had ways, it wouldn't have taken, you know, 40 years. I've seen it. It should have taken six days for the wild crowd. But the idea was that it was better for God to have the people avoid the land of, we say the land of Plishtim, but really what we're talking about is the land of defilement and in the process be forced to sustain them miraculously in the wilderness. It is better to live in a wilderness than be placed in a position where we are forced to interact negatively. I thought about this today and I thought to myself, my goodness, isn't this it's Thursday morning in Israel. I'm preparing my thoughts for what I'd like to talk about at the Shabbos table with guests, with my husband. Were we better off for that 40-year journey that none of us lived? Only, only I think, uh, two lived to actually survive the 40 years and enter the promised land. Is that how important our the purity of our souls is? God says yes, indeed. God says yes. All right, let's not talk about trash right now. We're talking about a lot of trash. Oh, yeah, you know me. 
I talk about the things that interest me, the things that fascinate me, the things that keep me up at night. Um, I was in a conversation this week and somebody was defending the, the anger among uh, those in Israel. We have very big families. We have Baruch Hashem, blessed is God. We have so many big, glorious families. But a lot of them are suffering because a recent, very hefty tax has come down on plastic goods. I like to be a big agreer. I like to, like, I like to be liked. And I uh, usually agree and nothing will sway me. Tax it, baby. Tax those plastics. Tax what is absolutely poisoning our land. And not just poisoning our land, the land that we all, not just the land of Israel. It's a tapestry. We're part of a human tapestry. You cannot dig a hole, bore a hole in the bottom of the boat under you and say to everybody, don't worry, the hole is just underneath my seat. We will all think. Landfills, the carbon emissions. If you think that this is not a Jewish problem, you are wrong. We are the original ecologists. Israel, for shame, a country the size of New Jersey, the second biggest per capita consumer of waste generation, generating single-use plastic. Where? In the world. So having this argument with somebody with whom I'm very close said, yeah, but you can't, you know, people need, we can change. We're not made of Teflon. We're porous, we're skin, we're flesh and blood, and we can alter ourselves. God forbid you get a bad piece of news in your family. You change your attitude to help somebody who's suffering. Change our meals. Talking to my Jewish brothers and sisters, a Sabbath meal does not mean 16 plates, a plate with fish, a plate with soup, a plate with, for salads, a plate for dessert. I lived for 20 years in an Afghani Jewish family. We ate one dish meals, and I promise you, they were sumptuous. So again, we can change our mindsets to be good to one another. All right, you see, I had a little freak out again this week about people defending uh, the use of just plastics, plastics. I see them taking, I have children in my own family. Every time they want to sip, they take another plastic cup. All right, before we go to our break, I just want to say this is very interesting. This week, because of the, really, the, 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 the burst of this Omicron Corona, um, they have canceled Milouin, the Israeli reservist exercises. Every time the soldiers go, several times a year, and they go into the reserve. It has actually, for the first time, been canceled. My name is Andrea Simintov. Guess what? I'll see you on the other side. The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar? She's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. And we're back. Andrea Semenchov, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Trying to line up my ducks here. Got the ducks all lined up. Let's just see. Here we are together. Very nice. Um, yeah. Okay. Came across a lovely, lovely quote today. That Not quote today, but this week. Uh, again, <laughs> locked up. Locked up with the husband. We still sort of like each other, so we just kind of keep that vibe going. Uh, let's go there. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Something happened, and he was having a bad day. It wasn't a bad hour. It wasn't a bad afternoon. It was a bad, bad day. And I was speaking with really my dearest friend in New York. And she had, she came across a quote. Don't remember who made the quote. And of course, I've messed up the quote. So I'm going to give you the Andrea version of the quote, which kind of has altered the vibe and the heartbeat of this home. And it's don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary assumption. I liked that a lot. I keep thinking about the broad brushes we walk around with. Um, <laughs> a little like Edward Scissors hands, scissor hands with the big scissors. Imagine having these broad, he is, they are, declarations. When, again, we're three-dimensional. There are so many parts of all of us. Sometimes we can have a bad day because somebody said something which is so terrible and seems so hopeless. No light in the tunnel, but it's only one side. As I say, when you see that sliver of the moon, do not say, oh, the moon is very small tonight. No, the moon is whole tonight. We only see the sliver. And again, it's these narratives she is a yenta. Is she a yenta? Is she a gossip? Or does she occasionally gossip? My fondest Rebetzin, Rebetzin Yehuda Samet, always says that we're very selective. According to Rebetzin Samet, we decide, we broad brush, we broad stroke our attitudes towards people. We sit and say, if we don't like somebody, she's a gossip. But if we like her, we say, she's so gregarious. She's so invested in people. If we don't like someone, we say, he's a miser. What a cheapskate. But if we're fond of that same person, we say, he's so careful with his money. He understands what a blessing money is and he uses it carefully. Let's not make permanent decisions based on temporary assumptions. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Um, you know, we're going to do our whole partial thing at the end, but I keep thinking about um, the narratives. Again, the narratives, what we tell ourselves. And 
I've heard people say, well, I'm just, I'm just a negative person. That's the way I am. You know what? We can declare our own narratives. We can decide who we are. Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler, in his great Sefer, Mithtav Eliyahu, Letters from Eliyahu, says, make the holy declaration, the declaration uttering it from holy lips, lips that, that secure and hide and protect both teeth and a tongue. Unlock those lips, say something positive, and then make it your reality. We are not the darkness. We have survived. We have endured. We are the light, the hope, the optimism that refused to surrender. It's as simple as saying that. You know, Rabbi Dessler, he tells a story of a Rav who has students coming to him, a rabbi who has students coming to him in the hopes of joining this yeshiva. And he begins to interview one student and says to him, what brings you to our yeshiva? And in youthful innocence, the student answers, the train. Rabbi Dessler explains that a lot of things happen in life, but we always have to ask, as I say, where is God? What does, why does God make them happen? Life is absolutely meaningless if just perceived in the physical, you know, what train we took and not with a deeper meaning. I'm thinking about this Parsha, this portion, we get ourselves up to the edge of the Sea of Reeds and the children of Israel are screaming. I want you to know that I'm totally off text now. This is kind of exciting. And the children of Israel saying, you brought us here. There weren't enough graves in in Egypt. Now we have to die here. And one young man named Nachshon ben Aminadav. They didn't have swimming lessons in Egypt. I can be pretty sure about that. No local wise. And he steps into the water, stepping into the water, water that shows no indication of opening up will take his life. That is what the narrative has been up until this day in human history. And he walks in and he walks in and he walks in. His belly, his chest, his neck, his chin, up until the water hits his nostrils and the sea opens up. Sometimes we must enter Enter the sea ahead of us with blind faith. But the emphasis is the word faith, not hope, knowledge that God will take care of it all. You know, at the splitting of the Yamsuf, Israel saw the great work which God wrought upon Egypt and the nation feared God and believed in God and his servant Moshe. How? But it has to be asked. Suddenly, now they're believing in God? After they witnessed the plagues, how could they not then believe in God? So Rabbi Aharon Soloveitchik explains that we have to differentiate between the miracles that are witnessed in Egypt and those experienced at the Yamsuf, at the sea. Remember, there's those that we see, but then there is experiential. 
This distinction is actually seen, hope you have your pens and your pencils, by two Hebrew terms for salvation. There's Hatzalah and Yeshua. In Egypt, the children of Israel witnessed, in, in a sense, they saw passively God's Hatzalah. However, at the sea, they experienced and they were active participants. It's an incredible thing, people, to believe, and it's hard, but belief frequently is blind. It's at that very moment entering the water and being in charge of their own salvation that they're able to look deeper into their experiences. And this is where they are then able to burst into song. Oh, I just love that stuff. Love that stuff. Okay. I told you about the canceling of the reserve. I have a son, a reservist, who's actually home with COVID. Very, very hard. But again, making lemons of lemonade. My son lives in distance. Guess what? He hasn't had mommy food in the longest time. And mommy is cooking and dropping off the food. And there's a different heartbeat, a different excitement to caring for another person. Let's see, what else do we have today? It's really killing. You know what's very interesting? I spoke about this. Um, I spoke about this garbage trade that's going on in the Arab world. The one thing that does stand out to me is that for a first time, I'm not hearing blaming Israel. Uh, they're sort of in it together. All right, came across something. Let's see, this is very cute. Uh, not cute, I don't like the word cute. Five things that there's a, a Horton psychologist that came across that who wants us to rethink in the upcoming year some of our assumptions. Again, assumptions. You know, when you point a finger at someone, you still have three fingers pointing back at you. It says that when you assume you make an ass of you and me, yeah, that's how the word works out. So it says, you know, the best minds are those that are willing to rethink, not to say, this is who I am, that's how I am. So first of all, I'm going to race through this, but he talks about rethinking how much do we value experience when hiring someone? Are we looking for a person who has a lot of experience? But it's not really the way to do it. It's more important to hire learners. A lot of people experience experience. Maybe why they're looking for another job. <laughs> Resting. When do we take time to rest? There seems to be a whole nobility about, I don't need so much sleep, burning the candle at both ends. But you know, to take regular breaks to maintain our energy also gives us the ability to listen to one another. A lot of things that women know. I'm not sure if men are this, uh, I don't really know what it is to be a man. I'm not so good at it. But writing, I know that I and my friends do a lot of writing. When do we write? We journal, we blog. But you know, the experience of writing opens up our minds. Also, getting others to rethink their own assumptions, to help people with love, discover that they're wrong, but also be willing to recognize that we are wrong. And again, the last one, if you want, write me a note, Andrew, it is Real News Talk Radio, I'll list them for you. The last one is the clearest sign of intellectual chemistry isn't agreeing with someone, it's enjoying your disagreements with them.
I'm enjoying that thinking because we're already buzzing about U.S. elections. The Knesset here is already buzzing about the elections. A lot to talk about in the year to come. My name is Andrea Simito. Uwa, time for a break. See you on the other side. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Political Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American time, 7 a.m. Israeli time, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. We're back. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Oh my gosh, it is flying today. I don't know. Show is flying today. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. Whether you're hearing it live or on podcast, truly, truly grateful. This week's Torah portion is called Bishalach. And the centerpiece, so to speak, of this week's a portion is naturally this great song of Moshe and the Jewish people after their moment of deliverance from Paro and the flooding sea. This song of Israel is repeated daily throughout the centuries of Jewish life in our morning prayer service. Very, you know, again, <laughs> you know, I'm on text, off text, so much prep goes into this. But I, I wanted to tell you that I always had a hard time. You know, I'm very much a creature of this modern world. And I'm saying, what's this bursting into? I never even was able to say woo in my aerobics class. What is this bursting into song? The lack is not the text. The lack is not the emotion of B'nai Yisrael as they embrace their liberation. The lack is within me, mired, tethered to a world that does not celebrate godliness. This exaltation, there's no other word, of the moment is still retained and felt so many generations later. It's, it's, it's a source of great poetry and prose. What makes it so unique is that there's no reference in here to human bravery, to the courage of the Jewish people in plunging into the sea or gathering up their meager possessions and racing off into the great unknown to the courage of them to the courage of Moshe and his brother Aaron in shepherding the Jewish people through this crisis Mm-mm. Mm-mm. it is all about God because God operates 
um, for lack of a better way to explain it, through human beings, world events. God is not on a shelf. Our Torah does not sit on a shelf alongside the New Testament, the Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, the Quran. It is not one from column A and two from column B. It is the blueprint of all existence, human, animal, mineral, the heartbeat of this pulsing universe. So many times God's presence is hidden from our sight. More often, it is ignored deliberately. And of course, in later victories and triumphs of the Jewish people and in Israel, it's that human element that helps, um, helps distinguish these victories and triumphs to create Maccabees. But here, in the simple, beautiful song of Moshe and Israel, we're able to discern God's great hand without having to justify it or ascribe any credit to human beings and natural and social forces. No talk of evolution. Darwin does not stand at the edge of the sea of reeds. You know, um, Rabbi Wine brings down the song of Devorah, Deborah, which forms actually the, um, we also read the song in this week's, uh, in this week's portion. And in that song, Deborah, who is a great prophetess, she assigns a great deal of the credit to the armed forces of Israel, to Barak, its general, and even to herself, a fact that doesn't escape the notice of the rabbis of the Talmud. Still, that self-celebration does not appear in the Song of Moshe and Israel at the Yam Suf, the sea reads, completely in line with the character of Moshe himself. He's described in the Torah as being the most humble and self-effacing of human beings. No question that without him, there would not have been an exodus from Egypt, nor salvation of Israel on the shores of these waters. But you know, we all know it would have been completely out of character for Moshe to assign any of the credit for these enormous and miraculous achievements to himself or his actions or his leadership. How many are forced to write a biography today to say, well, you know, I grew up in the house of the king and because of that, this is what happened. Mm -mm, not so much. He doesn't even want to be a leader. He says, I can't do it. The greatest of leaders the most gifted of prophets, they attain that, 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 that mantle of leadership and prophecy by downplaying their roles. Moshe is not naive enough to think of himself as just a plain, ordinary human being. Gee, why me? I'm just a regular guy. To do so would really be in a form of fake humility and perhaps in a sense, even spitting in the face of God. He's wise enough to realize that this exalted status that he has attained is little more than a gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, blessed he, be he, has bestowed upon him. 
from the beginning of his leadership career when he attempted to refuse to become the leader of Israel until his last days on earth. Moshe Rabbeinu, our teacher, will retain this innate humility. He's never going to lose it throughout all of the upcoming narratives, which in fact allows him to be the strongest of leaders, the most courageous of prophets. There's a lesson in this for all of the later generations of which we ourselves are part of. All of us that aspire to positions of leadership, to be important in our own meager orbits. This is why the song of Moshe and Israel is repeated daily in Jewish life. Let's take a moment and talk about miracles. I don't know if we're going to get to it today. We may get to it next week. We're going to talk about uh, the miracle of the man. What do we say? Mana. But today, let's talk about miracles occurring. They occur in all shapes and sizes. You know, I just read recently, you know, an apple. An apple. I buy apples. I make applesauce. I make apple pie. Cut up apples. Peel apples. You know, an apple, it could have been gray, like a potato. It could have lacked color, taste, fragrance. It could have just been like a, a vitamin on a tree, but we still would value it because of its life-giving content. But still, this ready-to-eat delicacy, it's wrapped in beautifully colored um, hues. And each one, so many different kinds of luscious flavors. Why? Because God loves us and he wants us to enjoy the fruit. There are major miracles in this world. There are completely aberrational miracles beyond natural or rational explanations. Miracles occur to us daily in our own lives and take the form of being natural events and part of the rhythm of society and life. You know, major miracles, they command our attention. And as we see in this week's reading of the Torah, they even cause us to sing eternal songs that last through generations. You know, certainly the splitting of the waters of the sea. I've said this very often in my own house. I say, well, you know, it wasn't the splitting of the sea. That's the mantra here. Escaping the army of Paro and then for the very waters to recede and cover the drowning Egyptian enemy is a miracle of major importance. It remains indelible in our collective memory. Moshe and his sister Miriam, they lead the Jewish people in song to commemorate this event and to impress upon them the indescribable quality of this major miracle. You know, we're reminded daily in our prayers. The commemoration and memory of this major miracle should also remind us of the minor miracles that occur to us in our daily lives. You know, we're so accustomed to everything going right as far as our bodies, our social interactions, our business enterprises. But it should be obvious that for things to go just right, simply what we call normal life, countless minor miracles must take place. Turn on your computer. Has it ever not worked? Has any woman listening in today ever suffered a urinary tract infection? We recite this in our daily prayers as well. And in fact, we do it three times a day when we acknowledge and thank God for the minor miracles, so-called, of course, that are with us constantly, evening, morning, afternoon. 
this ability to recognize and give thanks for the minor miracles that constitute our daily existence, it comes from the fact that we experienced in our collective memory the great miracle that quite simply made us a people. The miracle that saved us from the destruction that power wished to visit upon us. It is this memory, this great miracle that allows us to recognize the so-called minor miracles that we live through, especially those of us who live in the land of Israel with the return of Jewish sovereignty. It's so important to maintain the ability to recognize and be grateful for the wonders and miracles that Hashem grants us each and every day of our individual and indeed our national lives. In closing this morning, I want to just share with you that to say perhaps the tears we cried last year are merely a means of watering the seeds we are planting today. Shabbat Shalom from Jerusalem. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from Leake City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Doris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 